I may not be the West Wing, but I'm a terrible idea put together by the dumbest people in the world who <laughs> they later have to disavow after massive failures. I said that I may not be Hillary Clinton, but... <coughs> <laughs> Wait, Felix, who is that fucking mutant that you found who was just like... Um, I let May's supporters know that I grade speeches on the tingle factor, and they've assured me that I won't be disappointed. Oh, that was um, famous British reporter Wesley Childkiss, <laughs> and uh, just a real, like, sort of the Cronkite of the UK. Liam, um, Liam Boybuggery. Liam Boybuggery. Uh, <laughs> and Theresa May killed it. She fucking killed it. They're going to have to coo her, right? She can't be fucking. They no, gotta get rid of then her. Before, gonna, certainly before the next general election. If you didn't see the speech today, she had a speech uh, that was A, inspired by West Wing, B, ripped off, literally ripped, ripped off, off from the West Wing. B, somebody handed her her own letter of resignation, <laughs> like a prankster did, and she took it. Yep. C, the letters held down behind her yep. that said, a better future for all of us. Yep. D, she couldn't stop coughing. And it's like, I actually, like, I am becoming one of the, like, Pretending Hillary won because imagine them doing a side by side speech where you know they're introducing a new uh, bilateral program between UK and the US that is um, Syrian refugees have to write a hip hop musical to enter the country <laughs> or whatever the fuck and it's called like rap and compassion <laughs> and they're just both vomiting and shaking and like birds are shitting on them like. <laughs> Just like a single rain cloud forms would only over both of them. Like, we missed yeah. out so much. I know. They're, they go to the G8, and it's like that scene in The Simpsons when they're in Japan, and the strobing television gives them all seizures. <laughs> they're just flopping around like trouts. Hillary. It'd be amazing. Hillary, I know it's trout. Shut up. Hillary and Teresa May go to the Grand Canyon for some reason, and they both. It's like when Homer tried to do the jump over the canyon <laughs> in The Simpsons. They're just falling down both. Ow! 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 I feel great! It's as, uh, as someone else uh, <laughs> noticed today, the uh, her, Theresa May, standing behind the backdrop that said, like, a better, future, a be for a better future for all of us, or, like, it was, like, a government that works for everyone. It, it wasn't exactly right, but it was almost identical to the... Uh, the fucking um, the thick of it, uh, Nicola Murray, where she's standing behind a banner and like her head is in the middle and it just says "I am bent." Yep. <laughs> no, it 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 was under. It was so thick of it. It was so Iannucci, and to have that happen on the same day that we find out that the Secretary of State called the President a fucking moron, <laughs> and then someone digs up a tweet from three years ago during Obama's term when Trump tweeted, oh, this is a new cartoon making the rounds of the founding fathers sitting around the Constitution saying, we need an amendment to stop a fucking idiot from being president. No, it wasn't a fucking it was moron. The exact same it literally words. I'm sorry. said fucking moron. It was moron. the exact same words. I, it's simulation. Those guys are right. Elon Musk is right. Peter Thiel is right. All those fucking sexless, soylent chuggers are correct. We are in a malfunctioning simulation. This is not a real world. Oh, looks like... Uh Someone's not so stupid for wearing those floor-length leather jackets in July. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the Matrix, baby. Yeah. We got to get to Zion. We got to yeah. start crumping in the fucking... Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, me, me and Virgil. In the, me and Virgil. Crumping in the in, no, crumping in the caverns. That scene in yeah. Matrix uh, Reloaded was songs from the Crystal Cave. Yes. I may, oh my not, God. I may not have... Oh, my God. Seagal is Morpheus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. 
Oh, I was going to say, I may not be Morpheus, but I need several pills to be alive. Are you telling me that I could dodge bullets? No, I'm saying that you'll be technically dead when they hit you. <laughs> <laughs> what is dead may never die. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just want to say me and Virgil call dibs on being twin, the twins in the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can't have it. That's us. Okay, can I be the, uh, the, the Merrill Lynchian? Yes, you can be Merrill Lynch, Merrill Lynch, the French cum guy, <laughs> the, the French, the cum, the cum, the cum wizard, cum wizard. That was like, such a good movie. Yeah. When are they? Be, when, when are the Matrix sequels going to have their renaissance? You know, so I think that when um, the Avatar sequels come out and people were like, you know what, the Matrix sequels weren't that bad. Avatar literally better than Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. You said but this before, Felix. You know, you're not going to get any cheap likes and faves here. Just by, I get like know, no likes your, and faves for my truth. Uh, by the way, I, I just wanted to point out something. Uh, today, I made my opinion clear on the original Blade Runner that I think it sucks. And people across the internet said, enjoy your ratio. Guess Ooh. what? My ratio, pristine. Mm. Two to one responses to faves. So suck it. Everyone knows Blade Runner's overrated. Everyone shut the fuck up. I will never be ratioed. I wasn't ratioed when I said that Taylor Swift is better than every other contemporary musician. I'm not going to be fucking ratioed over this. I'll never be ratioed. Because people know that you like, you know, you're known for that. Whereas I'm known for universal truth and uh, things that everyone agrees with. And so when I say one of my truer opinions, people freak out. Uh, that like, Stained is better than Beethoven or something. Yes, yes. <laughs> Aaron that's true. Aaron you are, stained is better. You are sort Actually, of. That, I, I would agree. With yeah, that. and yeah. all Beethoven songs are called like the gaiety of spring. <laughs> no, they all have numbers. Felix. <laughs> they're, all num- they're all numbers. No, they're all called the gaiety of spring. Gaiety. No. gaiety. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus <laughs> fucking <laughs> Christ! <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you, you have gaiety. You, have you spri- blew it. Uh, you blew it. I'm a gaiety. <laughs> how it's written. Fuck <laughs> off. Uh, yes, it I is. It has an I in it before okay. the Y. Fellas, Do you think Donald fellas. Trump has ever seen The Matrix? <laughs> I was talking about this to my friends. <laughs> uh, I. The conclusion we came to is that Eric and Don Jr. have only seen uh, Reloaded and Revolutions, and they did a photo shoot where they dressed up like the twins, but it happened uh, right around a big school shooting, <laughs> and <laughs> Trump had to pay for them to be deleted. Uh, Felix, when you said, I've been talking about this with my friends, do you mean Andrew and Branson? Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. These guys are a bad influence no, on not. you. They're taking away your podcasting energy from here, which is where it belongs. I, I'm going to college. I'm growing up. You can't control me forever. No more episode one. No more episode one, Felix. I'm a grievel. I'm not your son. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Stop. Shut the this. fuck up. No more talking. To, no, no, I don't. I don't want to hear the word grievel. I don't want to hear the phrase clipbuster anymore. It's not a phrase. On our it's somebody's show. name. It's okay. Proper noun. Yes. All right. Yeah. The full name is tag you porn clipbuster. Oh, because he's I don't want to hear any more of this shit on our Jamie show. Clan. No more. In fact, I'm going to take this opportunity now to officially introduce the show for this week. In case you didn't realize, <laughs> it's Chapo Trap House. It's Chapo Trap House. Classic. 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 Well, for now, until we have to replace <laughs> Felix with a soundboard because he's gone over to the mega fucking <laughs> web brain damage internet. It's not brain Branson damage. And we're helping each other. <laughs> Everyone power. in that DM is we're becoming stronger. No more really. talk about this. No more No more discussion. You guys are this. basically making writing the Voynich Manuscript. I can't, wait till, I can't wait till I'm 18 and I can move out. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, 
Uh, I didn't ask to be fucking born onto this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about let's let's officially start the show by talking about someone whose brain is definitely getting more powerful by the day. <laughs> I mean, I mean our our president Donald Trump, our because, very very smart and engaged and normal president. So uh, t- today started out with a really cool press conference. We're like, oh, Tillerson's going to have a press conference. Everyone's like, oh, he's going to fucking resign, dude. There's been a lot of speculation that he's been looking for an out and they're like, ooh, unannounced Tillerson well, press conference. He's going to resign. But that's because and then he was- showed up and had to fucking humiliate himself by being like, oh, Trump's literally holding a press conference to say Donald Trump is a smart. Is yeah, smart. because it came out with multiple sources confirming that in the summer when he, after he got really mad at Trump for doing that stupid Boy Scout press conference, which parenthetically, that's exactly the kind of thing that a rich shithead like Rex Tillerson would get mad about. Who cares? Muslim ban, Muslim ban. Oh, I, my, I, he's besmirched scouting. The goody good, <laughs> good boys of scouting have had their ears defiled with fire politics talk. But because of that, he apparently at the Pentagon called him a, quote, fucking moron. Yeah. And uh, is that Andrew so is Branson? Andrew Branson no. calling you right now. It's my alma mater asking for podcast money, and I'm telling them no because I became dumber since I went there. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, they owe you money. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so yes, uh, our president. More college. Is- if you're listening, do not call <laughs> anymore. And so yes, so the president, according to his own Secretary of State, is a quote fucking moron. And he had to have a press conference to say he's actually very smart and good and a very, very good president. We're all very proud of him. There, now, Matt, uh, when we were talking about this morning, someone I thought made a very trenchant observation to you and reply to you this morning, which is that Rex Tillerson was probably very happy running his own sort of like state-sized private oil company, you know, doing deals the world over, generally being evil and enjoying his life. Having a beautiful neck pussy. <laughs> Until he maybe like stayed at one Trump hotel yeah. and, as I think he said, got fisted by a female bodybuilder. Yes, this is uh, at so- multi-hops with the great line, life of luxury at Exxon, staying at the Trump hotel, Filmed getting fisted by a female bodybuilder, and now his life sucks. Now I he, mean, yeah. he, he Trump has compromat on everyone in his cabinet. Yeah. He like Rex Tillerson was literally like probably running private assassination squads and just making tens and tens of millions of dollars for being one of the most evil pieces of shit on earth. And he's not going to get another job after this. Like he's old. He's going to retire after the enduring shame of this, probably. But the last thing he'll remember doing in his career is telling like fucking Chris Elizabeth that Donald Trump's IQ is 500. <laughs> well, the thing is, is like all these guys, and apparently another story that came out today is that is that Tillerson, Mnuchin, and Mattis have a suicide pact where well, if one of them gets fired, <laughs> Mnuchin, producer of the original Suicide yeah. Pact. Oh wow! If if one of them gets fired, they would all quit. Oh, okay. and I think for these guys, like especially the high tier guys, the guys who are high up in the, the line of the succession, I think they feel like it's their responsibility. They have to stay because the president is an insane toddler, right? And they can't let him run around getting his greasy fingers on everything. They need to be guiding him. Right. Um, um, to, to, on that avenue of inquiry, the, as the president, as uh, an insane toddler, I got to, just a couple highlights from his recent trip to Puerto Rico. Look, we saw the amazing video clip of him just sort of like taking shots with paper towels, you know, just sort of doing like, you know, a free throw with towels, paper towels into a crowd of people. That fucking ruled. Him telling them that uh, 
only 15 people died, so it's not a real disaster like Katrina. <laughs> that, that was dope. But here's, here's, here, the, there's, there are two quotes from this uh, Washington Post piece uh, writing up his recent trip to, uh, to Puerto Rico that is amazing. Uh, one homeowner told Trump that he lost a couple windows and still hasn't regained electricity, but he was never worried about his family's safety. We have a good house, thank God, he told the president. That's fantastic, Trump said. Well, we're going to help you out. Have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, well, oh, so it's, uh, it's bad to tell people to go to do self-care. Go, and da- go to Dave and Buster's with his friends. Okay. Wait for the drinking water. This next one about the, okay, the drinking water. The, the, keep that in mind. This next one is uh, literally amazing. He's at, a, he's at a church that's sort of like a staging area for uh, emergency services and like food and water and things like that. Again, quoting from the Washington Post, it says, the church is also distributing water purification kits as, and a member explained the process to the president. Wait, Trump said, you put it in dirty water? And then you can drink it after 10 to 12 hours, she explained. Would you do it? Would you drink it, he asked. Sure, she said. Really? Trump said, a disgusted look coming across his face. Really, she said. Is, uh, is this your company or something? Trump asked the woman, seeming suspicious of the aggressive pitch. No, she said. I'm part of the church. Church, what's that? What, what, what's the percentage, what percentage you getting from that church? I, I, that is sort of humanizing because it's his germophobia coming out again. We're getting yeah, a little yeah. glimpse of Very his well-known germ, germ mm-hmm. freakiness. But it also shows his pathological inability to imagine anything outside of the realm of just grifting people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you're clearly getting money from these, right? He's like, uh, so, so, so you tell a bunch of these, uh, these dumb rubes <laughs> that they can uh, just put their, their dirty shit water in it and then drink it, right? That's what we do it, uh, with the martinis in my uh, hotel and golf courses. Oh. Yeah, we get that out of the tanks <laughs> the toilets. Yeah. That, that, that's, wa- that's water from the pool. Trump, <laughs> Trump helping out by just dropping grapes in people's water filters. <laughs> this, is, this, is Trump this, style, this is Trump martini style water. Water. It's very, very luxurious. Martini-style Very luxurious. Pour, pour it into a giant fishbowl-sized wine glass like you have martinis in. Uh, uh, could so. I interest the lady in a twisty straw with my name on it? <laughs> I mean, again... Uh, Incredible. I mean, it's, just, I mean, it's, uh, it's, I mean it's, like, but despite it's just, despite all that, he is bringing jobs back. It's beyond <laughs> everything, as I've said. It's beyond everything. You can't even say anything. Throw, he's fucking hucking paper fucking rolls at people's <laughs> heads. Towels. Like it. Like he's Killian and Running Man. There's nothing else you can say about it. And apparently, he wanted. They had a bunch of material up there, a bunch of relief stuff, and he went for canned chicken to throw in the crowd. <laughs> Before the cops, uh, no, don't, 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 don't throw canned goods at us, please. <laughs> We're dehydrated. You can uh, drink the chicken water. <laughs> Isn't that what you people do? Uh, again, by the way, chicken water available at all of my <laughs> hotel fine casinos and restaurants. Trump, Trump chicken water, it's amazing. You can bathe in it, you can cook with it, you can drink it. We're having a new. It's my favorite food. <laughs> <laughs> I like a, a nice uh, charred steak. A uh, new concoction. It's the new Trump cocktail. It's chicken water and Merlot from I like Trump a ni- Estates. I like a nice, well-done steak and chicken water for Dunkin'. <laughs> you don't get the steak in the chicken water. Can you believe it? They, that, that way, you can tell your doctor you're eating white meat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, I really hope He's, he dies soon. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, I, it's, just, it's just an <laughs> like, affront to just, every human I, I, goodness. Like, I, I don't, um, this isn't a threat on the president. I just want him to have a stroke on the toilet like next week. I, yeah. 
Oh, he's oh, just, he's God. the worst. It's I saw just, people calling him, uh, like, they're like, Cadillo Trump is out with the people. And it's like, yeah, that's what Perone was like. Just having a fucking brain spasm and not knowing how water works. It's, it's just going up to people I, and being like, uh, what kind of points on the back lot do you get for uh, clearing dead bodies out of the church? <laughs> it, it keeps, it always occurs to me that if you were just to, time travel into the recent past and say imagine what it would be like if donald trump was president you, you would imagine what would you imagine i think would be broadly correct yeah. and yet it's still way fucking worse than you could have imagined at the same time i don't know how that works but it's a fucking it's an insane nightmare but the good news is hey yes he went to puerto rico he was a complete shithead he insulted every he was like rodney dangerfield and, it, and instead of bushwood being a country club it was an impoverished american dependency destroyed by a hurricane but he also said, Puerto Rico, your debt to Wall Street, it's going to be gone. We're going to get rid of that's it. True. I'm, sure, I'm sure that's going to be yeah. great. I'm it's sure they're going to impose no psychotic austerity conditions. No, or- he said it, though. It's like when he told people during the campaign that we'd all have amazing cheap health care. I, I mean, why would he lie? You're right. You're right. I mean, the last person he talked to was actually Professor David Harvey <laughs> in this case. So I just want to know, though, like, what did Mnuchin and those fucking ghouls think when they saw him say that? Because obviously they're no, no, no like it, we're it, gonna it, ro- and they rolled it back immediately. No. That fucking vampire Mul- Mulvaney was like, "Don't take that too literally." <laughs> yeah, no, no, seriously. Like, talk about, their suicide, lo- talk about their suicide pack. That was like their emergency, yeah. like red phone moment. Where, yeah. Like all their like phones rang at once. Trump said that we were just gonna wipe out Puerto Rican debt. No. Crisis, full-on emergency yeah. management team. We need to get on this right now. When Mnuchin heard that, he put on a suicide vest. He's like, he was actually going to do Operation yeah. Valkyrie. He's gonna- but- <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, no, not that island debt. But of course, the funny thing is, is that uh, I'm sure the thing that they dreaded the most was having to walk it back in the media. They are absolutely, they have Who no cares? worry. It doesn't matter. No. But yeah. I mean, it's not like they have to worry about convincing him to not do oh, it. Yeah. He, he's a child. You put, r- put keys in front of his face and he'll change it. He will not... He was down, he, He's talked about ch- cheap health care and not cutting Medicare and Medicaid all during the campaign. They rolled out that fucking ghoulish thing in the House and voted on it and he got all those shitheads in the Rose Garden to high five and pop open a keg over it. He has no concept of anything. It's really unprecedented to have somebody with just only their own narcissistic uh, compulsions and greed and stupidity basically as the only driving force of their decision making no real framework beyond that even the like the biggest slugs and idiots we've had in history have had some sort of ideological framework to put their personality disorders into this is just pure personality disorder pure narcissism pure idiocy it's astounding uh I don't know, but what if he turns it around? (laughs) (laughs) Moving on from something that's unprecedented to something that definitely is precedented, uh, I suppose we have to talk about the other big news item this week, the uh, mass shooting in Las Vegas. Now, I mean, look, uh, this is another uh, horrific uh, just mass death, gun violence disaster in America, but my... Sort of angle, I mean, I, I don't know how to, we're going to talk about it, but like, here's the thing. You better laugh at it and get desensitized to it now 
because it's probably going to happen next week. It's yep. going to happen again very shortly. This is just like the new reality that we're living in now. These kind of, like we've already passed the threshold of like the, this kind of shit is just going to keep happening. But I want to talk about this not not to talk about so much the shooting itself or like the motivations of this this weirdo which I'm sure is going to come out to be something bizarre like the country music festival interrupted his gambling. I actually or know, I, I know what it, would, it, it was. What? Okay, so he was hoping that after a, one of the bigger mass shootings, the government would force people to take a vial, vial of medicine that suppresses emotion. And we all live in brutalist architecture, and the only cops know a form of martial arts where they shoot people mm. called gun kata. Mm. He wanted to accelerate us into living in equilibrium. Oh, I guess, I guess <laughs> here's another angle about <clears throat> Trump when he spoke about Vegas, and he was like... Uh, just the Vegas police, they did a wonderful job of finding the shooter. And miracle. Stop, a miracle. miracle. And stopping him before he, he destroyed more lives. And it's like they kicked down the hotel room and he had blown his brains out. Like, yeah. You know, it was amazing. Yeah. It was um, miraculous. Our cops, it, our law <laughs> enforcement. I mean, this is another thing where you can't take anything he actually says seriously because his brain is just a degenerating pile of cholesterol. But he put miracle in quotation marks in this tweet about the response time. And obviously, he just said that word because that's came to his head. It's like when he said warmest warmest condolences to the victims. It's like this, <laughs> these are words no one else has ever used in these contexts in human history. But I do like to think that he actually thought it was a miracle. The idea that the that God intervened in that situation and it wasn't to stop the guy from massacring sixty people. It was to have the cops get there quickly. That's kind of amazing. Uh, and again, like. He shot over 500 people, yeah. which is like, I mean, it's it, uh, it's astounding. Like I again, like I don't want to dwell too much on the shooting itself, but rather the parade of idiotic responses to this. And like I I I think we should bring this up because get used to these stock canned arguments because we're going to keep having them over yes. and over and over again. So like best to just bring them up and dismiss them one at a time. Yeah, it's so. It's, yeah, you will be having this argument with someone when you get shot by a <laughs> retired landowner with an AK-47. Well, well, like I said, you know, just desensitize yourself to it now. Dehumanize I mean, yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, people. Just... Well, the time has come to say is dehumanization such a bad word. If it's good or bad, that's what is so. The whole world is becoming humanoid, creatures that look human but aren't. The whole world, not just us, we're just the most advanced country, so we're getting there first. Stop thinking about these, these, things, these things in human terms. It's just, you know, that way it lies madness. Can we talk about the people who said it was a false flag, though? I want to well, get to the false flag. We want to get to that. Every amazing take. The first, the first, and I think, like, the mega idiotic mass shooting take that is going to happen, and again... It has happened before. It will happen again. It definitely happened with this Las Vegas one. And, and actually, the Las Vegas one makes this one uniquely idiotic. But the mega moronic response to a mass shooting like this one is that if the people in the crowd or everywhere were armed, they could have protected themselves, <laughs> saved, like, stopped the shooter before he killed. 50 people maybe stopped at like a dozen or so. Oh, yeah. No, the Jason Aldean concert attenders, like if they were all just carrying designated marksman rifles and they just shot at every window in every hotel around them in the strip, 
like no problem. Yeah, no, yeah, twenty thousand people emptying clips into the face of a hotel. And by the way, it was nighttime. Yeah, no one, uh, knew nobody where, knew where the only found, shots were. They only from. found out where he was because the fucking smoke alarm went off in his room from all how many of the fucking cordite rounds out, yeah. out of his guns. So people were just had no. That's why there were all those reports. Multiple shooters. People had no idea. People thought there was somebody in the crowd, and. The idea that everybody would have been able to pinpoint where he was and then shoot at him. Yeah, even if you could do that, which obviously you couldn't, you would have just massacred everybody in that fucking and, hotel. Right. And, and cops like who just are sort of like lazy suburban people with training, they couldn't find him until after he had killed over 50 people. So you're just going to take like, you know, who's someone who's the same demographic, like the same BMI, <laughs> like a slightly less ability than cops? And it's been less in less of those situations. Let's give them better guns and just tell them go wild. Because all these guys think they're fucking Chris Kyles. They all think that if they had a deer rifle over their shoulder after the first shot fired, they'd get down and they'd be like Barry Pepper in Saving Private Ryan and pinpoint exactly where he was and put a shot through his scope or something like that. They're just well, it's just fantasies we've been fed. Yeah, Dan Blitzerian who like almost qualified as a seal, but then like I don't know like. Well, yeah, they're like, like you're kicked out of being the you're kicked out of SEAL school for being too cool. Yeah, for having just, too many like followers on Instagram. Dickhead, where it's just hip pictures of him putting his dick in guns. Yeah, and he ran away. Yeah, he ran away. He did a video wearing one of those Django music festival hats, being like, "Girl, guy just got shot in the head. This is fucking crazy. Let's get those hearts going." And like, <laughs> it's like, well, isn't that like the model of the guy that's supposed to do something? Yeah, it's like, no, yeah, I mean, yeah. there's this big mountainous dude with an operator beard and three thousand guns in his house, and he and he. Well, that's because it was a no gun zone. Oh yeah, it's no, you got it. An open carry. It is, yes, but, it is. But, but, they, but, but the concert, you can't go to a concert okay, with a gun. Right. So if they'd all had guns, but here's the real thing about that whole mindset of oh, if somebody had a gun, it's always somebody. One person had a gun because one person pulls a gun out and takes out the shooter. But as soon as you start saying, okay, well, if you're just saying anybody can have a gun anywhere, why are you always assuming there's one gunman who's going to take out the bad guy? What if four guys pull guns out? Well, that's How four, the that, fuck do these well, guys no, know Matt, which wait, ones wait, are wait, which? Wait a second, Matt. That's four, that means they're four times as likely to get the shooter. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay, like think about this. What's the safest scene depicted in any movie? Opening of Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the safest men ever depicted in a Tarantino film. It should be like that all the time. Yeah, everyone just... Well, that is the real end point of it because letting random people have guns in public is incoherent and not wouldn't work for that very reason. It would cause confusion. People would shoot each other and it wouldn't... But it basically mandates that everyone at all times has a gun. Yeah, and actually, I want to bring up someone specifically who I think is the sort of figurehead or the person who advanced um, this truly moronic opinion to the the best degree and did it exquisitely this week was Kevin D. Williamson, friend of the show, uh, early, early Chapo supporter. Um, He made the argument that uh, people were like, wait a second, like how would guns have helped in this situation? And then like in the smuggest way imaginable, he goes, bullets go both ways, don't you know? (laughs) And then Josh S. Barrow was like, wait a second, you wanted someone to like shoot through the window of a high rise at nighttime and like, you know, when like nobody knew where the fuck the shots are coming from. And Kevin D. Williamson said, 
if only there was some example of like armed citizens like helping to stop a mass shooter in like a, a high up location or building or something like that. That could have gone unnoticed, but if you're if you're a Kevin D. Williamson head like I am, you will know that he was referring to the Charles Whitman University of Texas shooting, yeah, which were you know a guy Charles Whitman climbed uh, a clock tower on the University of Texas campus, I think killed eleven people, shot about thirty others before he was eventually uh, shot by a police officer. But I think one or two Texans who had guns in their cars or whatever like climbed the tower with him or maybe helped yeah. or something like that. Okay. A couple things. Uh, this guy had about <laughs> eight thousand times more firepower than Charles Whitman did, but also like it was a clock tower in the middle of day. Yeah, everyone well, immediately knew where the bullets were coming from. And like also, and then also, dropping. Charles Whitman still shot like fifty people. He did. Um, <laughs> I, well, and like you, nobody was shooting at him from the ground. No. Like for this to be effective, you would have had to have been armed. Just armed because you're in Vegas with your family and you carry a gun with you wherever you go because that's a normal, cool thing that we should all do. You're walking in the hallway. You hear what sounds like a muffled gunshot. And then what? You discern what room it's coming from. <laughs> kick down the door. Yeah. You know, do like a John Woo roll into the fucking room and then just like pop, yeah. you know, just pop them. Do the slow-mo ability it, that we're going to get from the new healthcare plan. It's almost like weaning... An every American male on a, a diet of exclusive uh, violent fantasies of perfect competence is bad for people's understanding of how the world works. Right. And here's the other thing that That's I think... That's what I've been saying about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. <laughs> my, question for, my question for Kevin is, how come he didn't float over to the concert and the moment people were dying, bite them so they could live forever? <laughs> You fucked up, well, Kevin. Yeah. Who was it? Wasn't who, who yeah. wasn't? Who, I think you said it was in a DM. Somebody said, "Imagine Kevin Williamson taking a gun and trying to shoot back, and his divorce guy bracelets get <laughs> yeah, caught yeah. in the action." That my, would be him. my joke. Was uh, Kevin D would have stopped the shooter, but no one invited him into the Mandalay Bay <laughs> Hotel, so he technically couldn't cross the threshold. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Kevin should have bitten the victims so that they could live forever. Yeah, that's a, that's a great plan, dude. But uh, it's like speaking to like what I think is interesting about Kevin D. Williamson's like undead worldview, <laughs> as someone who isn't an immortal and like human life is cheap to him by definition, um, is like whether it's his like weird thing about how like poor people should be like I don't know like you know I don't know like purged from wherever they're living now or before just a population transfer. yeah population just, transfers or that like you know. I think like he he has this sort of like weird nihilistic like libertarian vision of society, which like he obviously he hates government authority of any kind, which he regards as tyrannical because it prevents the kind of private tyranny that he thinks is just and necessary. Yep. And the idea that like it's a normal, like a sane thing for like every single person to be carrying a gun with him at all times and then ready, sort of dep almost deputized not even almost, just deputized to use deadly force at a moment's notice all the time. It's almost like... It's like, the, like that is sane and normal to him because that's how what he thinks of as like in his, like I said, after he impaled uh, all those Turks that invaded Romania. After his mom, Elizabeth Bathory, died. <laughs> um, he, like, I, I, think he, I think he views that kind of uh, like just sort of like everybody is sort of totally adrift and like, you know, subject to the violent whims of others unless they are themselves 
willing and able to confront or counter that violence themselves. Yeah, it's just it's the classic power fantasy uh, that undergirds so much of uh, patriarchal capitalism. It rules. I, I mean, no, it's almost like uh, libertarians uh, wish everyone lived in their constant state of terror <laughs> and, <laughs> and constant tension and unease. And the only way... I mean, the base libertarian fears are like what, like the knockout game and uh, stuff like, and you know, certain consent laws. <laughs> and for most people, those aren't priorities. But if everyone just thinks they can be shot at any time by their fellow man, there you go. Sort of as a, a slight addendum to the the Kevin D. Williamson, uh, if everyone everyone should be armed all the time, take is uh, I think a Republican Senator John Thune said that. Instead of carrying guns, everyone everyone in the crowd made a mistake by not quote getting small. It's cut, all right, it's motherfucking cutting season. <laughs> You're gonna want to cut a smaller profile so that when a guy uses his automatic rifle to kill you at the Jason Aldean concert, it's harder to hit because your torso is fucking small. <laughs> We're gonna get those veins popping out, okay? Is it like, easier for the doctors to revive you? Thune was just like, look, I'm sorry, right, but people to be safe need to become small beans. <laughs> You're so tiny. I'm John. <laughs> now, that's the one that kind of, one of those things where uh, saying that in the immediate aftermath of a massacre on that stage should get you ridden out of public life on a fucking rail and dumped into a fucking culvert. But that guy will be in office until the end of time. Yeah. Yeah. No, not, yeah, n yeah, nothing these people say matters. I think uh, Inhofe or someone uh, gave an interview with Vox where he said, like, the Old West was a pretty good model of yeah. how to keep people. <laughs> yep. Because if everyone had guns, and he's like, you wouldn't know it from watching movies, but, you know, you had to watch yourself because just anyone could shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> he also blames sanctuary cities. Oh, no, no, th there was another, no, it was, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was another fucking Texas guy. Inhofe was Corden? the guy who said... I've, Joe Barton. It was Bart Joe Barton uh, who compared to the old laws. James Inhofe. Yeah, James Inhofe said there are no gun control laws that would have prevented this. But what would have like what caused it was an overall culture of permissiveness, yes. which he linked to sanctuary cities. That's it. That's a very raw take. Like uh, you know, uh, uh, birth it, control it, pills caused this yeah, shit. Oh, yeah, oh just, anyone could do anything. Might as well kill a bunch of people. Like that's it. So they're like, yeah. So you're saying that it's okay to have non-procreative sex outside the confines of holy matrimony, well, then we might as well say it's okay to shoot 600 people at a country music festival. Yeah, I mean, where's the line? You've destroyed it. Congratulations. Yeah, exactly. These bets are on your hands. Um, now, uh, th that's, that's the right. But we can't let the libs off the hook because there were some extraordinarily stupid... Yep. Semper Fi. Liberal. Semper oh, okay, Fi, we're gonna, dude. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. However... I want to begin by highlighting what is actually a novel take on the American mass shooting. This is a new one, but again, you're going to see it again the next time this happens. And I'm talking about, of course, an Eric Garland-style mega-thread by a guy who tweets under the name Alexander Hamilton. And sort of similar... Wait, that's not the real Hamilton? No, it's not. Oh, fuck. And does he rap in his tweets? He does not rap in Bullshit. his tweets. But Bullshit. It's, it's like Eric Garland in that it is just several... Hundred words of just abject drivel, and like Eric Garland, in that like I didn't know who this person was until yesterday, and now I hate him more than almost anything in the world. Uh, Alexander Hamilton, the Twitter account, did a huge Twitter thread yesterday where he's like, 
basically just did liberal Alex Jones shit and just said, there's something weird about this. It's Russia. Yep. It was it's like Russia. the Spetsnaz or whatever. Yep. Classic black op, baby. Classic black op. To us from the Russia investigation. And which yeah, we no. were paying and so much like, attention to like, before I, this. He said, I can't help but think it's a coincidence that this happened on the same day as like the Catalan vote or whatever, which <laughs> they also think Putin is behind. Yep, they do. And it's no like, yeah, Catalan and, nationalism before Putin. <laughs> well, nope. this is okay. This is what fucking infuriates me about these people is like now Russia to, to these resistance dullards like and they're actually they're hurting they're hurting america with this shit because with russia how now you, how dare you sir hurt america with russia now is their catch-all for like america yeah you know before russia started interfering in our democracy not like america was like a gun crazy racist insane asylum like just open air <laughs> fucking funny farm before then but now no it's actually russia has done all of this to us yep. you know oh you know the reason we can't pass gun control is russia they were literally saying that russia is N- nra yeah they're like they're connected to the nra and yeah. it's just like what they gave them money who get the nra has been a completely malignant force in American politics for well over three fucking decades. Yeah. They were pointing out to the, the fact that they gave Trump uh, $30 million during the campaign. Who, the NRA? Yeah. And they would saying, have given that to any well, Republican presidential Well, of course, that's what they do. Candidate. They fund fucking Republicans. They, their, their argument was like, oh, well, after the pussy grabber tape, everyone was distancing themselves from Trump, but one person held on. And it's like, what you mean the entire Republican party? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You fucking yeah. idiot. A, a, hand, a handful of, uh, of prissy dinguses like Ben Sass or whatever distance themselves everyone else was on fucking team to yeah, get it over uh, the right especially like, the especially those those kind of ghouls because they don't have any kind of function or justification if they're not backing republican candidates i mean guns are are just a culture war thing at this time and that's why it's like the one thing that it's uh liberals will bring yeah. a sense of morality back into politics right. for even though like 10 times as many people die from like fucking obesity or like lack of medical care or heart like, disease or, heart disease disease or liquor yeah. but it's like they can relate more to like a, a marketing executive for a liquor company than even just a chud who's the equivalent of them in the suburbs who I owns mean, a gun I, I don't want to let the NRA or gun manufacturers off the hook they are extraordinarily oh, evil people but it is insane to see people who scream their fucking vocal cords out about how pie in the sky and unrealistic it is to push for single payer health care and then say you ding. know what uh, let's yeah, get a, yeah. you know, that second amendment let's get rid of that yeah let's take all the guns let's have a federal gun conversation yeah you know program. that country you know how we have literally idiot. more guns in this country than fucking citizens and we have a, a, a long standing understanding that there is an inscribed constitutional right to firearms let's just we're gonna take care of that in a weekend we're gonna knock that out I mean there are like there are some things you can do that would maybe make things like this way less deadly, but because how I don't get how people can be like, you know, echo these good criticisms of police that people have and then go, also, I want those people in charge of gun confiscation. Uh, and, you know, I want them going into like marginalized communities, taking guns and monitoring for guns because the same people that we accurately call out for being racist and uneven in their application of the law, they should be, confiscating hundreds of millions of firearms. Yeah, it's, I'm gonna, it's, I would slightly disagree with you, Felix, in that I actually would like people's guns to be confiscated. I don't think they should go to prison, but... Do you think that's possible at no. all without mass death? And that's the thing, is that... So you've got... There are different, like model, too, they're different like, models for know, gun control, and, and the ones that are about confiscation and harsher penalties, yeah, that's just filtering into a, uh, 
a police system that's already unjust and that already focuses on the most marginalized communities, and that's where it would be felt most, and that's why it would be bad. The other one is sort of point of purchase and point of manufacture bans, which wouldn't necessarily in- involve police power in the same way. Right. But, okay, even if that worked, there, as we said, are still ambiently in America more guns than people. And there are gun buyback programs that are good, but it would it would have to be it wouldn't be as much a law and order type thing as it would be like what we need more of like government regulation of industry and bigger public programs. Well, the, uh, like the, and then you'd still have people who shoot a bunch of people. Like it just would happen because there would still be tens of millions of guns. The cousin to that argument is the one that, again, this is from the sort of left side that pops up whenever one of these mass shootings happens is the, Instant rush and like sort of anger at anyone who doesn't call it terrorism. Oh, God. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah, if we've learned <laughs> oh. anything from the last 16 years, is the government acts very regular when <laughs> yeah. things are terrorism. <laughs> yeah. The only way yeah. to stop discrimination against Muslims is for everyone to be in prison. What the fuck is your point? Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's the other side. It's the natural result of privilege rhetoric. When you talk about basic human rights as privileges, you're basically saying that they that some people have them unjustly, and then that 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 linguistic framework sort of suggests that the real equality is if nobody has them. Yeah, and so that gets translated to the discourse on terrorism, which is instead of fighting back against the poisonous, awful concept of terrorism, which is only a justification for eternal warfare, destruction of civil liberties, and, and empire. No, let's expand the concept so that we get a total fucking police state where everybody is a suspect until proven innocent. Everybody gets a fucking elbow deep uh, ass ramming at the airport, and and that already will be there. Quality. Me personally, that will, yeah, well, yes, because that's because you're uh, related to Jokar, but <laughs> and that's going to be real equality. Gun control, I don't think it should be it because of the, how thorny it is and how it's so enmeshed in all these dumb culture war things. I think if you want to have a humane if you want to have a humane political project, you have to acknowledge the horror and violence and damage that guns do. And you need to formulate some sort of program towards ameliorating that, but only in the context of an overall attempt to make this a society where people aren't going to want to do it in the first place. And that is a big part of it. I really think that we do have a lot more guns than other countries, but we also have a pretty fucked up attitude towards violence that is, I mean, talking about the culture that we consume and the way that it reflects itself in foreign policy assumptions and in the need to have inten- a need to have endless fucking empire and warfare on every continent and the way that that comes back in the way that it structures manhood and stuff. I mean, those are all things that contribute to it, and they all need to be taken into account. And it needs to be part of a broad diagnosis, basically, of cultural and and systematic sickness and an attempt to cure that on, on, a, on a broad spectrum rather than yeah. as, I also, as I mean, just I, I believe, I mean, like, for I left. I for a long yeah. time, though, like, like public health organizations like the CDC or whatever are actually banned they are any they kind are of research into yes. into the effects of guns as like an epidemiological yes. social phenomenon. CDC is banned. Uh, by doctors Congress. actually, doctors yes. certain I think in some in some in some states now can't ask people about guns in the home. Yes, yes. So I mean, well, I mean, I, the boring answer is always have a more equitable, humane society that's that's values are reflected in its distribution of resources, 
And I think that that would go a very long way. And I think that needs to be the tip of the spear of any comprehensive attempt to reduce uh, gun violence in America. And the thing to be always be wary about is anybody who preaches this fucking man- manic cant of pragmatism and, and lowered horizons and realism. And then on the issue of guns that uh, doesn't affect capital in any meaningful sense are suddenly absolutists who, uh, who dare to dream of a world without guns when everywhere else in their political imagination the horizon is, is basically zero. Also, Bernie Sanders shouldn't have voted to do Sandy Hook. Yeah, that was fucked <laughs> up. the last thing, yeah. Now, you mentioned our, our culture and our, our foreign, po- foreign policy a second ago, and uh, I want to get to the next uh, idiotic gun take, which is the, the woke troop angle oh, on this. fucking kill that, me. Uh, is very popular, which goes something like this. Uh, I saw there's a number of, of people who chirped up uh, in this regard that was just like, you know, I carried guns like that around Afghanistan and Iraq, and they have no place in America. Well, it's like, guess what, asshole? They don't have any place in those countries the either. Perfect liberal imperialism. <laughs> yeah. Fucking perfect. You couldn't, if Ben Garrison suddenly hit his head and woke up with our exact views, he couldn't have written a more explicit character of that. Or it's just like, listen, I've taken a high vantage point in crowded urban centers in Iraq and let off. Same amount of shots, you know, and I just got to say, don't do that in yeah. America. My name is Lieutenant William Calley. I know what high caliber rounds do to people when I was protecting us in Milai. Uh, but no, yeah, that is the most annoying shit is like the the uh, the baseline assumption that every single bad thing we do it has to exist in other countries and it's meant for these lower people. But also, uh, it's from the same liberal moralizing point of view, or, or rather, like the idea that uh, what what happened in Las Vegas was just like simply a totally senseless, indescribable act of violence that's just like without any reason or justice, and it's just again totally senseless. Uh, however, what we did in Iraq and Afghanistan uh, that was that was really smart. It was a lot of planning went into that. Uh, and yeah, there was a lot of good moral reasons for yeah, why we professionals were that. worked yeah. on that. I mean, I th- talk about culture. Like, do you think it maybe has an effect on the culture when we just accept as a constant that we're going to kill tens of thousands of people and enable the slaughter of hundreds of thousands of people through our imperial proxies every year that we just the same people who say no, no compromise world without guns are the ones who go. Well, we can't like stop helping the Saudis in Yemen. That's ridiculous. We can't stop occupying all these countries and Felix, blowing people up. Who was the guy you got an argument with? It oh, that was actually like uh, it was actually yeah. an advise a, a, a military Weinberg. advisor to the Saudis in Yemen. Jacob Weinberg. He was of course shit faced drunk when he added me because I quote tweeted that moronic like. This gun has no place in America, tweet. And he was like, he started out by going, oh, hot take, bro, because he's used to sort of jabbing back and forth with Daily Beast reporters who aren't nice enough to Hillary. Now, to be clear, this guy is like a, a woke resistance guy. He's a woke resistance he's guy. He worked tr- on Hillary's campaign, yeah. like high, higher up in foreign policy. And he was like, you know, the basic thing was like, you're a fucking idiot for insulting our troops. And then he tried to pull back and do the not mad thing. He worked for something called the Truman Institute. And I was like, what's that? You and a bunch of other failed campaign operatives reenact Hiroshima every day. <laughs> he fucking, he, he tried, he tried to like tough guy me, like letting on that he knows where I live. He was like, 
Oh yeah, slow night in Greenpoint. It's like, what the fuck are you gonna do, bitch? You gonna you're gonna try to target my apartment building and blow up a hospital on the other side of the river, you fucking <laughs> cocksucker. I like when you found out that uh he was a a, a Saudi advisor That's in what, Yemen. You yeah. said you've got more little coffins on you than Citizen X. <laughs> yeah. It's like that sort of stopped being fun to me because before that I was like, oh, this is just a loser who was in the army and worked for a bunch of loser campaigns. But after that, it's like, oh, you're an actual fucking war criminal. Like you should be <laughs> yeah. in The Hague. I hope your plane gets shot down over Yemeni airspace and the Houthis cut you open because they think there's gold in your stomach. You <laughs> fucking slug. It, it needs to be pointed out. Everyone, all these people shit their pants because uh, Bill O'Reilly said that the dead in Las Vegas or is the cost of freedom, uh-huh. right? Well, what the fuck are the dead in Yemen or Afghanistan or Iraq or anything else to these people but the cost of freedom? It's the same fucking arithmetic that turns human lives into numbers, and they're just a little closer to home. <laughs> yeah. And it has, it, I think you can't really argue that that's had enough of an effect on our cultural mindscape that, like, yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, it's normal for, like, I mean, how, what, remember this year, like right after we were, we said Assad crossed another red line, we had killed over a hundred civilians in <laughs> Mosul. There is, an, that's true American exceptionalism. It's the same exceptionalism every empire has, that our deaths are, the deaths we deal out are pragmatically or necessary. That we, or that we did them for good, good reasons. reasons. Yeah. And like, oh, that, that fucking, that is a major part apparently, I haven't watched it yet, but in the reviews I read of it, that apparently is a staple of the new Ken Burns 18-hour Vietnam uh, documentary where I think at one point in his, the voiceover narration says like, it was a war started with the best of intentions. Oh, and it's fuck just like, you. You could say that about anything. I'm going to tauncher his <laughs> fucking bull cut. <laughs> Go uh, fuck yourself. Now, moving on, uh, by, by the way, shout out to the, uh, the Truman Institute. Truman Institute we'll, doing we'll, work, we'll be buddy. performing yeah. there uh, uh, next week doing a live show with we'll our new lot. friend Jacob <laughs> and the Saudis um, now the last one that I want to get to the last um, the last uh, mass shooting take is interesting now because it's sort of it's, it's flipped but it's still the same and that is the idea that it's a false flag <laughs> okay, this is a classic uh, one. You know, anytime something like this happens, you know, there's going to be a lot of people who say that it was a false flag. Either it didn't happen, uh, the crisis actors. You know, I saw one guy. Was the guy who was like, "Oh, I'm still waiting for uh, security footage of him bringing all those guns into yeah, the room right. or whatever." And it's like, like, like he just brought them bare, uh, slung over his shoulder <laughs> yeah. into the, instead of in a series of suitcases like other people who go to a hotel. Right. Um, but Matt, like, I mean, you, you pointed out the interesting thing about the false flag narrative, and, and Alex Jones is back on his bullshit, too. Which is surprising. I thought he would be done with that shit once Trump got in. This that is the, the weird logic thing. of false flags wouldn't work anymore with Trump in This office. is the weird thing. Okay, so, like, the, the false flag narrative under Obama was obviously that it was a ploy to take away your guns, right? right? Yeah. That was the big thing about Sandy Hook. That was, like, the, uh, that was the thing that, like, nauseated everyone and still do, should do to this day every time Alex Jones or any one of these cretins opens their mouth yeah. is because they literally are, like, looking at the parents of slaughtered kindergartners yeah. and being like, oh, oh, folks, she's an actor. I think I've seen her before. The yeah. Challenger <laughs> disaster in 1980. <laughs> you got never going to be too careful with these people. Or, like, or, or, or attacking like you know family members of uh, killed, of murdered children as uh, being sort of in on the conspiracy. Or the idea that their kids aren't dead. That, yeah. That's the fucking, that, that's actually the craziest part. So like, okay, the, the, the logic there was that this was, uh, uh, you know, a staging of some horrifically tragic mass shooting to 
emotionally manipulate the country into suspending the Second Amendment under Obama, the Kenyan Marxist Muslim president. And it worked out great. It was amazing. The absolute precision with which Obama was able to carry off the Sandy Hook false flag and then not get anything out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, not pass a single a piece single, of legislation. single piece of even just like, hey, uh, you know, no more like giant drum magazines for your nine millimeter. Like yep. in the, oh, just, we keep them. I we just got bigger drums. I actually uh, didn't want to pass legislation, and I wanted to cry. <laughs> it's, uh, it's part of the Kenyan uh, I, dog I, ceremony. I was going to pass uh, an executive order banning the uh, drum nine millimeter clip casing, but uh, I talked to my good friend uh, Chief Keith Sosa on the uh, south side of Chicago, and he told me, uh, "Fuck rehab." I I love those guns, and uh, I agree. I uh, may not partake in uh, what you keep prediction, uh, but I hate being sober from dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, um, but back to, back to the, 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 the false flag narrative oh, now. Oh, you're saying that Branson and Andrew are ruining my brain. <laughs> <laughs> the Obama voice ruined all of us. <laughs> the uh, the false flag narrative now. To what end is this false flag being perpetrated? Because uh, it can't possibly be. About taking away your taking away guns. I, yeah, because I mean, okay, I think that the, I, I I do understand because Trump has had such an awful presidency and stepped on his dick a million times and not passed anything and looks like a moron and had to have his own Secretary of State hold a press conference to say that he is actually a very smart and good boy and not a dullard. Uh, uh, I understand that guys like Jones feel like they need to posit a. Uh, a deep state that's out to get him, right? That's Jones thinks that Donald Trump is being drugged by the people closest to him, like every <laughs> president before him. Yeah, but but I've I've heard Jones say like he he's like Trump is so strong he doesn't realize it. Like Trump is so strong he's counteracting these drugs. That's the, the but seven, he's, he's being drugged by the people. The seventy-one year old man who's shaped like a cube of a <laughs> perfect fat. He's uh, too strong for the drugs they hold. Strong, he's stronger than he knows is what you say about a really slow, large child. So <laughs> <laughs> what you say about like your, you know, your nephew who you didn't yeah. think could learn how to read, but there he is, <laughs> age thirteen. Yeah. Reading a Richard Scarry book. That, and that's the excuse you make when he accidentally murders a classmate or like the, the class <laughs> pet or something. He's stronger than he knows, okay? He doesn't know what he's doing. Folks, folks, Trump, he just thought those rabbits were very soft, folks, but he doesn't know his own strength. He just wanted to bet the rabbits. Look, folks, he wants a rabbit, okay? Okay, who doesn't want rabbits, all right? If, if, it, great. if it was a false flag, could you imagine, like, it's, it's like Trump personally colluding with Russia. Like, he already would have bragged about it. It already would have oh, been absolutely. like ama amazing, amazing false flag pulled off in Vegas. Our crisis actors are the best. He you won't see this reported on he CNN. He would have tweeted about it before it happened. He would have said, tomorrow in Vegas, amazing fireworks. Stay tuned, <laughs> folks. <laughs> Loser Obama couldn't pass his FEMA camp bill after F Sandy Hook, but I did, and quicker. Yeah. So <laughs> I think the, the thinking is... John Kelly said I did great. <laughs> the thinking uh, is Baron asked me if he could go to the country music festival. I said no, folks. You'll see why. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Jared. No one's gonna call you on the phone before this one. But <laughs> 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 oh, I guess he thinks that this is. He thinks it's the deep state, 
and this yeah. is undermining uh, Trump oh, yeah. somehow. Yeah. The risk versus reward, it's always out of whack with these <laughs> false flags. It's always, the, even if there's a small risk of being caught, the reward it could never be worth the absolute catastrophe of it being discovered. But in this case, what could you possibly get out of it? What, there's bad, ba- Trump says something stupid like, oh, you know, nobody gets shot at my hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, in the history of all Trump casinos, never not even one mass shooting. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, exactly. Like the deep state staged this to make Trump look bad, yeah. whereas everything he says and does of a given day achieves the same thing. The, yeah. the greatest security apparatus in human history, they're just barely pulling off making this seventy one year old who's been stupid his entire life <laughs> look really stupid. Yeah, they, they have to they have to carry off a spectacular mass killing in Las Vegas. Uh, meanwhile, the Secretary of State is basically having a reenactment of the fucking Buck versus Bell eugenics case. <laughs> <laughs> where they, Matt, could you explain yes, Buck I mean, v. Bell it's, for it was, uh, for it was it's, it's 1927 uh, Supreme Court case about the legality and constitutionality of state eugenics laws where <laughs> a, a mandatory sterilization of people considered morons. Of waterheads. Waterheads and idiots. <laughs> and uh, uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes famously con- uh, voted to uh, make them to rule them constitutional saying three generations of morons is enough. (laughs) So basically that case is being reenacted only instead of whether or not we're going to sterilize the guy, it's whether or not he's going to keep being president of the United States. So yeah, I don't really know if the, if they, if he needs, I don't know if he needs the fucking Black Eagle Trust funding, <laughs> yeah. uh, fucking Deep false gun. flags to make him look dumb. Uh-huh. I, yeah, no, I like uh, I like the thing with like the the sort of like Alex Jones esque people. Where even before this, they're like Jared, Jared and Ivanka are sabotaging him. Uh, everyone he picked fucking hates him, and it's getting in the way of him being a genius for America. And it's like. <laughs> Yeah, he would have he would have pulled it off if he didn't surround himself and only hire people that hate him and sabotage him all the time. Like a, <laughs> I remember like a was it like a week ago there was that story about uh it was like a, a simulation of like a, a a manned mission to Mars where like these people were in this some sort of like secluded biodome for like the last 6 months completely cut off from like communication with the outside yeah. world and they emerged and people were like oh my god do we tell them and you were like what that all the jobs came back and the president said radical islamic terrorism that'd be awesome yeah i would i wish that happened to me i wish you guys knocked me out after that live show and you wake me up and you're like all the jobs are back yeah. we've defeated terrorism <laughs> we're doing deals every day we beat china finally <laughs> oh god uh uh, he's a good uh, president. Yeah, no, that, uh, yeah, okay. that, yeah, that's everything. Okay, that is uh, your mass shooting report for this week. Uh, tune in next month for the, a new edition. Oh my God, is that Black Mirror's music? What, what are my people saying? Yeah. <laughs> oh, he should have. Yo, a Black Bank Mirror Alaska should episode. do a mass shooting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying Black Mirror episode. Oh. I was not going to say mass shooting. Okay. <laughs> he should do it. After he shooting. does the mass shooting, he comes back. He's like, yo, I learned a great lesson this weekend. We can't just be killing each other all the time. <laughs> yo, I've changed again. I'm just walking I'm the anti shooting down guy. Hollywood Boulevard, just plugging people, and they're <laughs> screaming, and he's going, they're like, why? Why are you doing this? He's like, I can do it. It's public. No, nope. it's legal. Sorry. It's Can't legal. Cops. legal. Yeah, but the problem is, is that given the way that he just gets massively owned in public, it would be more true to form if he got shot by everyone he walked by. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like it would be like Mr. Bean trying to do a mass shooting. <laughs> yeah. 
let's get this. Oh, he's going. cool too. Okay. I like him too, and the president. All right. Uh, Both before good. we leave today, uh, Matt, you have an update. Yes. From last week's episode, courtesy of a listener. Yeah. Uh, good friend and, and listener to the show and uh, Facebook buddy, buddy uh, Kate Morrison, uh, listened to our show about day one. Uh, the yes, uh, ride or die, homie. Listen to our show about the thundering dullard Megan McArdle and her insane, insipid, banal takes <laughs> on Indi- Italian food. And it turns out that we were only scratching the surface of her idiocy. Uh, not, not only was that article banal and crushingly pointless, the basic premise of it was factually incorrect. You Ooh. might be shocked to find this out. Interesting. Yeah. So she sent me in a... a, 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 a message uh, and it even has footnotes and shit like this is not she's not just making this up this is this is off this is genuine information you can find it in a in a book called you're eating too fast uh in disequality and an ethos of conviviality so it's like a real fancy egghead shit uh and she says quote the Italian cuisine she fetishizes is actually a product of US government cooperation with industry in the wake of World War II in the short version, before World War II, Italian immigrants to the U.S. were almost entirely from the Mediterranean, impoverished, sun-baked hell rock that is Sicily. Those poor immigrants moved into urban areas that were in no way given to artisanal pasta making or fresh tomatoes. Thus, there arose an industry serving the southern Italian diaspora that made dried pasta, dried herbs, preserved garlic, and canned tomatoes, the kind of foods Megan presumes are the product of post-World War II America. The war decimated Italy's food production system. As part of the Marshall Plan, the U.S. partnered with companies like Baria, an American diaspora company, to export and then create local production for dried pasta, canned tomatoes. They also funded the creation and publication and distribution of recipes for the use of these ingredients to make food from the limited available ingredients. Thus, the contemporary food movement in Italy itself is focused on digging out and reproducing pre-World War II foodways from the tyranny of the food that Megan presumes is the heart of Italianness. So the food she's jerking off to was literally imported to Italy from the United States as part of the Marshall Plan. <laughs> Big government. So she doesn't know anything about anything. I'm, Me- <laughs> I'm Megan. I'm not really a person. I don't have thoughts. Bye. There's, there's an idea of a Megan McArdle, an abstraction. <laughs> but when you look into my eye, shake my hand, and look at my bow-tied husband, I'm simply not there. <laughs> <laughs> she, really, she really is like not a human being. Yeah. Not I at all. Think. It's like, like, yeah, it's like uh, an, an American psycho when he tells random passerbys, like, I cut girls apart. I'm absolutely insane. But the things <laughs> she tells people are like, I have, seven, I have 70 rolls of paper towels in my basement. I can't stop. It's like, it's like, it's like, light, it's like lightning hit a Williams-Sonoma. By the way, catalog. another friend of the show, uh, Matt Brunig, uh, listened, and he used his, his Matty B stats uh, skills <laughs> to like, come up with actual statistics. Full spectrum <laughs> analysis. That Full found, spectrum analysis. That found, I fucking love Matt. That found that fully 10% of every restaurant in America. <laughs> full service restaurant, yeah. not counting full, fast food and stuff. Not counting fast food. Yeah, yeah. 10% of all full service restaurants in America are Italian. Are Italian. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, mad that's one in 10 restaurants in America. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but seriously, folks, she's a good writer. We should plug the uh, New York City podcast. Oh, yeah. Okay. 1776. Yes, I do. Okay. 
Before we round out the show, a couple plugs for you. Tomorrow, we are off to sunny California for the week, making our West Coast debut. However, if you miss that and are also on the East Coast in New York City, we're doing uh, the New York Podfest. We're doing LA Podfest. We're also doing the New York Podfest. If you have a Podfest, folks, we'll do it. And we're doing it Friday, November 17th. Doors at 7. Show at 7.30 at the Bell House. Brooklyn's own the Bell House. New York City Podfest. Information in the show description. So, guys, tomorrow, let's have a great trip to California. And we'll be surfing, doing movie deals. uh, Live streaming. Live streaming. um, Scientology. Pointing out the differences between L.A. and New York. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I'll be doing doing a lot of that. I'm going to be doing a lot of that all week long. Okay, guys. I will see you tomorrow in Los at Angeles. the airport. Yeah. At the <laughs> I never see you. I never see you at the club. Well, I never see you at the airport going to do more podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Till next time. Bye bye. See ya. Bye.